Hello and welcome to another episode of Cast Into the Fire podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Bill. And we are back to House of the Dragon, Episode 9, The Green Council. Yeah, this is a huge one right here. Uh, once again, um, this is... This is House of the Dragon. It's part of the Game of Thrones world. It's on HBO. This is mature rated. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of this. Uh, I guess we'll be emphasizing this from now on. Uh, But yeah, it's viewer discretion advised if you actually watch this. So, the Red Keep is dark and nearly empty. Um, A servant boy is... Um, walking through the corridors and gets to finds the king dead, and brings the news to um, one of the maids. I think her name was Taya. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if I caught her name properly because I've also been hearing about Italia. So anyway, I thought it was Taya, but I don't know. That's just me. And she tells the queen. And, you know, the the queen just, you know, starts crying because... She's yeah. mourning the man that I guess she has come to love? Well, I I don't think she was in love with him, like, romantically, but I think she did care about him. That's what That's... I meant. I meant, like, I mean, you know, there's more than one way to love somebody. I don't know. I mean, she also, I think she's, you know, the king was, like, her was like the one keeping everything together and maybe she understands what's coming next and oh what's coming next is doozy well Alicent wants no one else to be told but she does go and tell Otto Hightower and tells her the bit about how he at least to her understanding he told her that Aegon, her son, was to be king. And the council has an emergency meeting to find out what to do next. Now, before I go on, this is somewhat of a departure from the book. Yeah. In the book, the king died. And the council knew about it. And she knew about it, but... Um, they pretty much, they weren't going to tell anybody. They just left the king's body in the room for days on end, which... Well, that's gross. Yeah, that is gross, and of course that led to rumors anyway. What, just that he was dead? Yeah. I mean, because he was, but I didn't know if there were additional rumors or anything like that. People could tell that there was a body in one of the rooms. Oh, okay, yeah, it was beginning beginning to stink up the place. Don't mind the goblin. She she's reacting to that. And also I think it was less clear that Book Allison was actually mourning this. And concealing the king's death that long that definitely lends an air of illegitimacy to you know what happens at the council next yeah well i mean in the book version of this oh okay yeah 
Yeah, and I, I remember I have not read the book. I'm just letting our viewers know that I haven't read the book, so Sarah's going to fill us in on the discrepancies. She already told me about some of the discrepancies. Well, th- this one, is this is the big discrepancy for now. Yeah. Well, for now, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so the council meets about the king's uh, quote-unquote new wishes about the succession. Yep. And... and so... It's pretty much put as well. He's put his blessing on their long laid plan, and um, two captains of the city watch are still loyal to Daemon Targaryen and should be replaced. And um, Lannister is going to divide the crown's gold in the treasury for safekeeping, and the gold will be divided into thirds, so a third stays. In the city, a third goes to Casterly Rock, and a third is going to be sent overseas to, uh, I believe, Bravos. But they don't really go into the details about where I'm. I'm going by the book. And ravens are to be sent to the allies in River Run and High Garden, and apparently this was all behind Allison's plot, um, back too because, um. She's upset about all this plotting that she's not being a told about. Of, she's not a part of, let's be honest. Yes. Well, we'll just say this. I have some opinions about Allison. Don't worry, they're not necessarily negative. I just think that we'll get into it soon. But I, I just think that she's very human and uh, fully human faults. So. Lord Beesbury is still loyal to... Rhaenyra as Aaron doesn't believe the king really changed his mind and the only witness was the queen and says the king was well last night and might not have died of natural causes. Now hold up right there. The king was not well. Yeah, the king looked not, like he was going well, to die at any well, moment. Well, we should put this in further context because <laughs> this is what I was getting at. Further context. Allison outright said that uh, her son um Oh, that was her son, was it? Or was it, uh, who was the, uh, who's named the, who is she? Yeah, her, yeah. her son. Her son is supposed to be named the heir. Now, here's the thing. She, uh, if you've seen this, and you see this, while there was controversy over, uh, Rhaenyra being heir, there is no, nobody, nobody at all has anyone other than her word to go by that he may have changed his mind. And as we discussed last episode... It, you know, it is at best iffy that he changed his mind. I know he didn't, but, you know, I, I also don't think you could even reasonably take it from that because he was, like, he was out of his... He was high out of his gourd and he's dying. And that's not what I... Now, granted, again, that's how a lot of secessions act... Crisis, including secession crises happen uh, because politics is stupid like that and they think that... Oh, somebody clearly out of their mind is changing their mind what they that they made when they were uh, saner and younger. So clearly, the new thing's the way to go. But it's also let's face it, this is also Alicent being wishful. She may not have admitted it even to herself, but it's a way for her to keep power, and it's a way for you know her 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 son to be in power, and um. And to, you know, change the power structure in her favor. Um, and 
But there isn't any reason to think that... That he changed his mind. Or that he died of anything but natural causes. He was... Well, that's true. That's the other thing. Okay, yeah. He mentions that he's skeptical. He's rightly skeptical of that. Now he thinks, oh, maybe she, like, assassinated him. Or, you know, he starts accusing one or more of them of foul pay. Like, as Sarah said, that's equally absurd, actually, because... Anybody who's actually laid eyes on the king, like, within the past few years, clearly, can see that he was dying very slowly, and he was not in good condition. He was not healthy the other night. He hadn't been healthy in, like, what, like a decade or something like that, so... And there were similar hints toward foul play in the book, like, oh, maybe the queen gave him something in his cup. And, no, I... Even that... In the book... He was a guy who went to bed after having chest pains. Um, there is no reason to think that anybody offed him with a, a guy going to bed with chest pains after having had heart issues for a long time. But, you know, whenever any... Kind of royalty, you know, dies like that. That's there's the kind of rumors. Gonna, there's always going to be that sort of thing. And, you know, there's, of course, they make it sort of iffy with the whole, oh, here's your chalice, my lord, thing. But the thing is, he doesn't die except for when he is clearly, he's clearly been sick. It's clearly at the end of his life. Um, but the point is that, you know, there is rightful skepticism of this. Not from everyone. In fact, not from nearly enough. But there is rightful skepticism. And uh, he... Who's this... What's this guy's name? I'm sorry. I'm terrible with the name. Beesbury? Beesbury says... Suggests foul play in a not-so-subtle way. And then uh, Lord Wilde takes offense and... Says, says, are you suggesting one of of them committed regicide? He says, one of you or all of you? Yeah. And... Kristen Cole shouts at Beesbury to sit down and shoves him down so hard that he cracks his head on the table and dies instantly. Yeah, and now, here's a, here we're going to get into a few thoughts of mine, but first is, do you think this was an accident, Sarah? Do you think he, like, just did do it in rage, or did he just, uh... Because I feel like they make it ambiguous enough in the show that it's like, oh, maybe he accidentally did that. But or maybe he meant to hit him and hurt him, but didn't mean to actually kill him. What do you think? Um, I'm not certain myself. Ah, I was just wondering if you, for all I know, you'd be like, no, given Kristen's character, he meant to give him. I mean, you never know. It could so, be either. <clears throat> so then, what happens, Sarah? Um, Lord Commander Harold Westerling. Harold Westerling. Um, he orders Cole to remove his white cloak and put away his sword. And he unsheathes his sword. And, and yeah, Cole says he, that he will not suffer his queen being insulted. Now, here's what I think. Um, who, is, who is this? Sorry, Lord Westerling could have done. Now, do you think Lord Westerling could have taken Kristen in combat? Like, if it came down to it. They were the only two armed people there. They were the only people that really could have done anything. I I don't know. I've I've never seen Westerling fight, but... He's played by... He's, who is it? He's played by... Uh, oh, great. His name is slipping me. 
Well, he's played by Graham McTavish. Yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah, I'm kind of biased that Graham McTavish keeps playing really badass fighter characters. So, um, like, oh, you think you can take Dwalin the Dwarf in a fight? Knuckle Duster Dwalin. He was Knuckle Duster Dwalin. Yeah, it'd be funny. (laughs) He just says it's like lower your sword, laddie. Just says it like that. So, no, what I was saying is that this is what... But he's Lord Commander for a reason, isn't he? Well, here's the thing. People will get to a later scene we're talking about how things could have been ended before they began. This is actually a point before that where things could have been ended. He could have, let's say, taken and killed Kristen in a fight, and then he could have killed as many of them as he wanted to. Then he could have said they tried to coup. And he could have said to the Queen, Queen, you're under my protection from now on. Like, you know, they tried to kill you. And granted, they have dragons, but what he might have been able to do is he could have put her under protection. I'm using air quotes here. And then been like, you know, for her own good, called the shots from, you know, an undetermined amount of time. Therefore creating a military dictatorship with him at the top. Now, Sarah says they didn't have the, uh, he doesn't have the mindset for that sort of thing. But that is totally something they could have done he is the Lord of the Armed Forces. He could have just done that. Um, the biggest issue would be the dragons, which that's always the biggest issue, which we're going to go more into. That's The dragons become a much bigger issue throughout the rest of this episode and the next episode. But anyway, so, but that does not happen. They come to a peaceful <laughs> agreement, and then uh, was it the maester? Was it the maester who wanted the uh, the corpse taken out, I think? Yeah, but that and, this is after yeah. Alicent says that there there wasn't any insult to her. She's she's yeah. really understandably alarmed at all this. And yeah, things are happening really fast now. There's a sort of standoff between Westerling and Cole, but then they both put away their swords, and then Maester, uh, I believe this is Orwell, suggests that the body be removed. And then who was it that says Yeah, that? Otto says the door remains shut until we finish our business. So they're just doing that with the potty still there. Yep. Um, Baratheon loyalty is uncertain. There's mention of Lord Boros's four unmarried daughters and uh, what the right proposal could lead to. And yeah, Allison interrupts all this. What of Rhaenyra? Um, this talk of imprisoning Rhaenyra, having her bend the knee, and um, well, she she won't, and neither will Damon. Are you going to have her killed? A living heir will mean war and bloodshed. Uh, what would, you know, Viserys want? And Alison says Viserys would not wish for his daughter to be killed, which is true. No. Um, Otto orders Westerling to sail to Dragonstone and make a clean job of it. And Harold Westerling takes off his white cloak and says he takes orders from the king and until there is a king again, he has no place there. So, no, Harold Westerling would not have taken control. No, no... he wouldn't have done that, but he could have if he successfully killed Kristen or gotten somebody else to do so. If he got the uh, his forces to just and as as you can see, he seems to be trying to uh, bow out of any of this, you know, lest he be asked to do something uh, dishonorable. Yeah, he wants to not be the coup guy. He wants to be honorable, which 
uh, you know, this is one of those things where you could say comes back to haunt uh, everyone later, which another thing in this episode will as well, which we'll get to. And next, the scene goes to um, Helena Targaryen with her children. Um, saying, it is our fate, I think, to crave always what was given to another. If one possesses a thing, the other will take it away. She's just saying that. And she's embroidering a really pretty picture of a spider, which doesn't have the correct number of legs. But, you know, maybe she's not finished with it. She's Helena Targaryen. She's got to know the right number of legs on a spider. She's She's probably the best bug expert in the kingdom. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yes, before any um, real-life bug experts listen to this and they're like, no, spiders aren't bugs. They're arachnids. Only true bugs are bugs and not even all insects are true bugs. Um, yes, we're both aware of the difference to any uh, entomologists who are uh, potentially listening to this. Yeah. Allison asks her where Aegon is, and she just is not here. And he he's not in his rooms. And Helena flinches away from Allison's touch when he tries, when she tries to tell her about her father. And just says, "There's a beast beneath the boards." Yeah. So, okay, going about what happens in the future, why did they react the way they did, though? What did they think that meant? Because I think they just was like, oh, Helena's just being Helena. Oh, so that because they're like saying, like they're like, oh, I'm sorry, my dear. I'm like, what? What does that mean? And apparently, that makes sense. What you said makes sense. It's like, oh, she's saying all these uh, unusual cryptic things, things and nobody takes it very seriously, even though uh, Viserys seem to be all about prophecy, at least privately. So, so that's. And again, you'll see why this confuses me later. This ties heavily into what we said about what I said about uh, um, ending things before they begin. Even her dragon is named Dreamfire. Although to be fair, she didn't name the dragon. It had another rider. Um, I don't want to get their name wrong. Rayanna Targaryen. Not the current Rayanna. They. It's one of the names they reuse. A Rayanna Targaryen before their time, and uh, dragons live a long time. Yep. Um, Alicent looks hurt at um, Helena flinching away, and Aemon is just watching with his half smile. Um, he's uh, similar to Damon in this way. Otto goes to Sir Eric Cargoyle and asks where the prince is, and he he doesn't know. Um, well, you are sworn to protect him, and uh, Eric says he exploits his authority to warn me away, and then he evades me more. So pretty much, he's got Kingsguard working for him, but just tells them to go away when he's going to go off and do whatever sketchy, irresponsible stuff he's got going on. Again, don't mind the goblin. Now, 
Sir Eric and Sir Arik are identical twins. I believe the actors are identical twins, too. Um, if they're not, they're very, very similar. And yeah. I can't tell them apart. And if I mix them up during this podcast at any point, I'm sorry. I'm trying, but... Oh. I think that Sir Arik is the one whose mustache is slightly curlier up than the other one. And even I might be wrong. Yeah, I'm not sure. And you have to be, like, focused in on their faces to even notice that difference. Which I'm not really doing, so... If they wanted us to be able to tell apart, they should have had their hair somewhat different or something. Uh, He believed that Prince uh, Aegon snuck out of the keep and into the city. And the Hand orders him to take only his brother, Arik, and go and find him and don't wear the white cloaks. And when he is found, bring him only to the hand. Yeah, so they're on the look for... So it sounds like they're kind of pulling a bit of a plainclothes cop, sort of. Yeah, well, they're they're trying to find him to prevent a scandal, because he's now supposed to be... Yes, I know, gold cloaks are the cops, but that's... And Rainey's finds herself locked in her room. Allison calls for a guard... And Larry's is just uh, lurking about like he does. Cole tells Allison about Sir Eric searching the city and um, she tells Cole he must be found and brought to her. And Amon goes too, even though Allison doesn't want him to. And Amon goes and gets his uh, crime hoodie. Do they both have one? Both, uh, Eamon yeah, and Eamon, they got hoodies. it. Both have their crime hoodies. They say, oh, Eamon stole it from Damon. Um, they go to the Street of Silk, which is the uh, red light district, so to speak. The the classier red light district, as opposed to the sketchier one in Flea Bottom. Yeah. Um, tells Cole that uh, Aegon took him there on his 13th name day. Okay. 13? I mean, it doesn't shock me, but it's still... It's still weird. Well, remember the whole name day. I don't know. I mean... They treat it like birthday... That being said, he was named early. We see that. So, I don't know. He went there at 13. Yeah. And you think none of those ladies would be like, No, you're 13... Go away. It's Game of Thrones. Of course they didn't. And he repeats Aegon's innuendo about getting it wet. And Cole says, Every woman is an image of the mother to be spoken of with reverence. Um, um, Cole, uh, an episode or two ago was talking about his, uh, is talking about 
Rhaenyra, who was, he sort of had a fling with once and used a certain very naughty word for woman, so uh, that's yes. a little, uh... Yeah. Now, Eric checks that, uh... Well, I called it a dive bar in my notes, but a tavern. It's a tavern. It's a dive bar. They, uh, well, it's a tavern, and it's probably a brothel, too. I don't think this one was. Really? Okay. I kind of got the impression that it was. Oh, the other one was, but Cole went to check. Yeah. So true. Eric checked at the I tavern. I just assumed that they were. Uh, some are both. Yeah, exactly. Cole checks at the brothel. He's not there. He apparently hasn't visited any in years. Um, the madam says that his tastes are now less discriminating. And she wishes them luck on their search. And my best to your friend. So she, it seems like she's got a little a flirtation toward uh, Amon. Amon, I should say. I misspelled his name in my notes. Ha! How you've grown. Um, next to, um, in the throne room, yeah, the hand is there trying to get lords and ladies who are sworn to, um, Rhaenyra to rescind that and bend their knee to Aegon. They say Viserys has mended his wishes as simple as that. And most of them do bend the knee, but some don't, including uh, Lady Fell. Oh yeah, that's true, she doesn't. Um, the, the Cargyle twins are um, in their regular clothes walking through Flea Bottom. Which is, uh, let's just say, the bad part of town. And a woman is trailing them. You know, following them and trying not to be seen. Amon suggests to Cole that the prince <laughs> might have been, um, be in the hands of mercenaries on his way to the free cities or to Yt. He might even be dead. Yeah, that would be bad for them. <sighs> Not necessarily bad for the kingdom, but... No, it would have been fine for the kingdom. It just would have been... In fact, it would have been beneficial. Sadly, but... Oh, yeah, Cole says, For your mother's sake, let us hope that is not the case. And the Cargyles, um, it's Eric and Arik, enter a rat pit where peasant children are being forced to fight each other with their... Teeth filed and sharp nails. Now, Sarah says this differs from the book. Well, I double checked the book and it does not differ from the book. Oh, it doesn't. But, but it's, there are animals in, as well. Um, well, there? it's a rat pit, so yeah. I would think that sometimes they fight animals there, yeah. or maybe it just resembles the pits where animals are fought because yeah. rat fighting and I think dogs also, it's pretty common in that world, but. Which is bad enough, but these are peasant kids. And they say that uh, 
Prince Aegon frequents this place and he loves seeing everything. So, clearly Aegon is much more messed up than even whatever you thought before. Yeah. And you see a blonde child off to the side, and I mean, like, really platinum blonde. So, right. And they think that he is Aegon's son, one of many a wager. So, now, do you think that the son's doing that on his own at all? Or do you think that... Now, I... Because I I initially thought it was Aegon making him do it, but now I'm like, I sometimes wondered, upon the second viewing, if, like... He's just... Like, he's no, he has a son that just lives on a street or might even yeah. be born to somebody who <laughs> oh, works yeah, there. exactly, exactly. And so here's the thing from the book. Um, remember how I said that the different accountings came from generally three different sources? A septon was like a priest, a maester, and a really inappropriate jester. Um, the jester's name is Mushroom. Yeah. Well... No, and we've, we've, we've had discussions on whether or not he's been in this at all, because he... There's, like, mushroom sightings throughout. It... Well, Mushroom was a small person, you know, like Tyrion, and um, there's seen at least one uh, small person in the show already, but that doesn't mean he is Mushroom. <laughs> Maybe Mushroom, maybe someone else. Well, this, uh, this was from Mushroom's accounting. You know, however seriously you will take it. That Aegon had been found in this rat pit where, um, children were fighting. And he had been seen doing sexual activity with somebody who was very underage, even by Westeros standards. Well, there you go. So that's even worse than what was found in the show. Yeah. And might put a bit of a more messed up interpretation of why he has a son there. And at this point, Amond speaks yeah, freely to Cole about how his brother is a wastrel and how he applies himself to his studies and he rides the world's biggest dragon. He ought to be king. Yeah. And they can't find Aegon because they are decent men with no taste for depravity. He's next in line and if ever a time comes when they are looking for him as king, he intends to be found. Yeah. Um, Jasper Wilde is also lurking about. The Corgiles talk about how the prince is unfit to be king, and they tolerated his proclivities for years because it was their duty. And next, the woman who had been uh, trailing them comes forward and asks for a moment of their time. They mistake her for a sex worker and decline. Now, Considering who we find out she's working for, she actually may have been, but that's not what she wanted. She says that she can take them to Aegon, or rather was sent by one who knows where he is, and she will tell for a price. But her mistress will treat only with the hand of the king. 
Oh, okay, yeah. And uh, her mistress is the white worm. So, Missaria, Damon's mistress. Next, uh, Lord Wilde is apprehended, trying to flee the gate, um, suspected of loyalty to Rhaenyra, and taken by the king's justice to, quote-unquote, deal with it. I think we all know what that means. Um, Otto says to Larys, you spend many hours with the queen of late. Yeah, this is going somewhere. Um, there are no reason these hours cannot benefit you, he says back. Which uh, is pretty creepy in hindsight. It is creepy, and also, but it's also clear that he's trying to be like, oh, I'll put in a good word for you. Uh, I don't know about that. The king is seen being embalmed by silent sisters. We already explained who they are last episode. Or they are sort of nuns, you might say, that are in service to the stranger and they prepare the dead. They were seen earlier. And Alicent places crown on his remains while crying. And she goes to Rainey's chambers. And Rainey's is understandably outraged at being imprisoned and accuses Alicent of usurping the throne. Which, to be fair, that is a logical conclusion to make and honestly a lot a reasonable thing to say. Because there's no, again, even though Allison, to be fair, is thinking she's doing what her husband wants, even though, of course, she is wishing that's what she really wants, but she also thinks she's doing it. That being said, there's no reason why anyone else wouldn't think she's just outright usurping. Like, come on, that sounds so suspicious. Just, yeah, he changed his mind last minute, uh... New king, and uh, I'm, you know, the queen mother and all that stuff, so I'm going to do that. It sounds very much like she's just usurping. So. Well, she says it was her husband's dying wish. She asks for Rainey's support for Aegon and points out her house Valerian's mm-hmm. support for Nera has not served them well. How um, Rainey's daughter is dead, son cuckolded, um, her words. And Rhaenyra's heirs are illegitimate, and this is Corlys' ambition, and now he is wounded and leaving her to chart her course alone. Yeah. Well, and Rhaenyra says something very interesting to her. Rhaenys. Rhaenys, that's what I mean. Sorry. Rhaenys said something very... Why George R.R. make all their names so... Yeah, they're all the same. They're They're all Targaryens. So, she says something interesting to her. And Rainey says the word of her house is not fickle. And Alicent says they both understand that Rainey should have been queen and was suited to it. And Viserys would have been happy just, you know, doing his own thing as a lord. Yes, he would be. And Alicent says we may not rule, but we can help guide the men that do. Well, and that's Gen- Rhaeny- gently away from violence and sure destruction but and toward peace. This is when Rainey says, "What does she say?" 
if she wants peace, why was she in prison? And what of her dragon? Not only that, but, but Allison. Yeah. She says, "Why? What about? Why are we doing what men want?" Yes. Why? Why don't we? You know, she implies, "Why don't we take control for ourselves?" Um, which you know that is you know, I think she was really trying to reason with her in a way like trying to turn the tables in a way that benefited them both, but especially her. I mean, I think that was a very. She also may have also just been trying to. Uh, play off her emotions and her thoughts and then, you know, could have backstabbed her the second it happened. Uh, I think that's one of those really hard to determine, but I don't know. I don't know. I haven't read, again, haven't read the book, so I don't know. If, uh... Yeah. Well, this uh, Rainey's imprisonment scene didn't happen in the books. That's true. You mentioned that something that the book, that this was very, very, very liberal interpretation that a lot of book fans did not like you said or something like that well at least what happens later and Allison thinks that with Rainey's and her dragon Rhaenyra might be tempted to war but might negotiate without you know another dragon rider in the so this imprisonment is to take another you know, powerful dragon rider out of the picture basically if it if it is Driftmark you want, you shall have it. And Rainey says, You are wiser than I, be than I believe you to be. Alice and Hightower, a true queen, counts the cost to her people, and let yet you still toil in service to men. Your father, <laughs> yeah, your husband, your son. Up. That's when she brings it up. And that's, that's you desire not, uh, not to be free, but a bigger, but a bigger window to your prison. Have you ever imagined yourself on the Iron Throne? And again, that's why I think that that could have been her honestly proposing something, but it could have also been her trying to set her up. And once uh, she took that bait, she could have betrayed her. But who knows? We're not going to know. Cause yeah, Allison, Allison says, says, I'll leave you, I'll leave you with your, your thoughts. thoughts and ring the bell when you have an answer. Yeah, and then left her. Uh, Amond and the Hand, they meet with Missaria. She says oh. she's hidden the prince. Amon the Hand and the King's Guard, they meet with oh. Missaria. She says she's hidden the prince away from Flea Bottom. And she speaks of the child abuse that is tolerated and ignored in Flea Bottom and how the King's Guard take bribes and look away. Which Very fair point. The King's Guard could have just raided the place because they could. Yeah. They didn't even really need a like, legal precedent in that world. Uh, yeah, but let's face it. Yeah, It's, it's like, true. they could have been like, okay, we're seeing this happen. Wait, let's face it. The King's Whoever's Guard, running this, you're under uh, arrest. The, uh, the King's Guard are the ultimate good old boys. They, well, they just, we are introduced to them, just them just going around beating random people up for no reason. That's the gold know. cloaks. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's the gold cloaks. Sorry, the King's Guard is more honorable in theory. I in theory. In theory. But they could totally have just raided that and they could have shut it down. And they they are somewhat better in this era than they are by Game of Thrones. Yeah. Either one could have just raided that child fight down and put an end to it and they didn't. 
Now, Missaria asks that the Hand remember her when his grandson takes the Iron Throne. He has no power but what the people allow him to take. Which is interesting. He says he will remember. And they finally find Aegon. He's found hiding under an altar in the Sept. He asks, where's the white worm? And did we hear him actually call for his mama, too? Yeah, he said, well, he says, I want my mom. My mama. I want my mother. I want my mother. <laughs> he tries to run. He's caught. He tries to run again. It's uh, really pathetic. Yeah, he's like really, really, really not wanting to be king. He wants to just, you know, which makes sense. And what is it, you know, even at one point, Damon... Point out to you, or he, Aemon, he of all people, I think, should be allowed to abdicate. If he's not going to be held to any justice for what he's doing, at least like be like, oh, you don't want to rule? Fine. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of the twins duels Kristen Cole. I really did not see which twin... Eamon grabs him, and he says, Is our father truly dead? Yes, and they're going to make you king. And Aegon struggles and says he isn't fit to rule, and Eamon says, Oh, to that we both yeah, agree. Yeah, says Aegon um, says that he will sail away and never be found, and Eamon looks a little tempted. And Cole steps in, the queen awaits. She steps in. Pardon the dog. Okay. Otto is sending some kind of letters. Allison comes in. And Otto says, well played. And Allison, none of this is a game. And Otto's response is, and yet you treat it as one. A charming contest, the prize a pouch of silver. We have relied on each other these many years, and now it is the good of the family that we both desire. Whatever our differences, our hearts remain as one. And Allison says, our hearts were never one. Rather, I see that I was a piece that you moved about the board. Ooh. True, though. Yeah. And Otto says, if that is true, then I made you a queen of the Seven Kingdoms. Would you have desired it otherwise? And Allison says, how... How could I know? I wanted whatever you impressed upon me to want, and now the debt comes to you. A debt... A debt you are happy enough to pay. And Otto says, a sacrifice. A sacrifice for the stability of the realm. No king has ever been that hasn't had to forfeit the lives of a few to protect the many. I understand your weakness. Okay there, Spock. Allison says, reluctance to murder is not a weakness. I have Aegon, who will proceed now as I see fit. We will send terms to Rhaenyra on Dragonstone, true terms that she will accept without shame. And uh, Otto says, her allies will mass behind her banners, looking for her return. And Alicent says, then she must not return. My husband would desire this mercy shown to his daughter. 
And Otto says to that, your husband or you, his daughter's childhood companion. And Allison says, Kristen Cole will be made Lord Commander of the King's Guard. Aegon must be crowned tomorrow at dawn and wear the Conqueror's crown and the sword Blackfire. And uh, Otto just says, you look so much like your mother in certain lights. And then she leaves. Otto says, as you wish. Uh, do you have yeah, anything to say about this uh, conversation here? <coughs> I have a few comments. Oh, what are your comments? Well, there's a point where she says reluctance to murder is not a weakness. So. I mean, I agree. Uh, I agree although... too, but. <laughs> although this is kind of a complicated. Uh situation and murder is kind of very much on the table for a lot of us. So. I'm, I'm saying at this point, Allison still does not want this to come to Violence. war or assassination. No, and I think that Allison doesn't really... My thought was going to be just that I don't think Allison ever wanted that and I think she was kind of being naive at the same time I do think she's still being selfish and she's still thinking about herself and what she wants and all that stuff now again I don't but how much is what she wants versus what Otto wants oh that's a good point as well um but I think that I think that she at least wants there to be peace and stability with even if she's at the top, uh, or towards the top, she wants there to be something like that. And she doesn't fully understand. I think that there are times she doesn't fully understand. She understands the ramifications, but I don't think she thinks anyone's going to really just strike at her for Kristen is being made Lord Commander of the King's Guard, which I would yeah. say is a very bad move. Very, very bad move. Now, Christian's an interesting guy because he is, like, still Mr. Noble, whatever. Uh, he clearly... Uh, but he also beat that guy to death for a bit of, of you know, no, baiting I, about... No, when I say Noble, I mean, like, not necessarily in the best way. He's He has a very uh, stringent code, and he thinks that if somebody wrongs him in any way, he can go back on that code, and he can be, basically... He also, like, he doesn't seem to like... Uh, Renary's anymore, even though they had a relationship, and he seems to take things very personally. So, now the bit about Aegon being crowned with the Conqueror's crown and the sword Blackfire. For a bit more explanation, at this point there were two royal crowns in the kingdom. The one that Viserys was wearing was forged by Aenys Targaryen in the past. Or should I say Forged 4? And the crown that Aegon is going to be crowned in was the crown of Aegon the Conqueror. Which was altogether just considered a more badass crown and to have the Conqueror's own sword. They're trying to give Aegon more public legitimacy and badassery than he has. That's... Yeah, and... I mean, that's smart, but... at the same time... It's a PR move. Yeah. 
now that you look so much like your mother in certain lights. Um, some in the fandom have took that as a incestuous statement, you know, kind of a little fingerish. No, I don't take it as that. I, I mean, mean that's something that a parent would say to a child. It's a perf- it's a thing that a perfectly normal, non-sick parent could say without anything say, creepy behind it. Yes, it is Game said, of Thrones. Well, but that being said, she takes it as offense. And I don't think it's because of that. I think it's because it's the one like a how dare you remind me sort of thing. I don't know. I, that's sort of how I read it. I don't think it was... I don't think it was little fingery, no, but some so. fans do understand it that way. Not everything is necessarily incest, even with Targaryens involved. I think Otto's thing was just plain regular ambition. I don't yeah. think he had other... No, I agree. Uh, next, and um, this is gonna... This is gonna be the part that... Ah, here we are. We've come to this. Larry comes to see Allison and says he's found out something that she should know. And next, the camera kind of looks in on his uh, club foot. He has a big shoe, which to me is not what some what a club foot would look like, but... Yeah. Well, he, he's deformed in some way. Ask yourself, I wonder how it is that your father the hand found Aegon first. And she uh, takes off her shoes. There is a web of spies in the red in the red keep. Along its threads travel new, travels news of all our doings. Your father knows this and has left it in place. More than once it has been advantageous to those willing to feed the weaver. He's saying that all creepily. Yes, he is. It's about to get creepier. And Allison says, and this weaver, what do you mean? And he stares at her. She removes her socks. And Larry says, one of the little spiders is your lady-in-waiting. And Allison asks, Talia? Larry says, there are more like her. Even I do not know their number. There is one way to destroy his advantage. Must be taken out at the head. When the queen dies, the bees fly without purpose, begging your pardon for the churn of phrase, your grace. Which, uh, do you think he was trying to be deliberately a little threatening when the queen dies? Maybe. I mean, yes, he was talking about bees. Bugs are a motif in this show. And he's got his little firefly jewelry thing, and... And Allison says, I assume this task falls within your expertise. And Larry says, if you wish, it will be done. And then Allison puts her feet on the table, which Larry's masturbates to, not graphically, but it's very clear what he's doing. And Allison is very visibly discomforted by this. Yeah, so uh, that happens. That happens. And 
Now, is that in the books, Sarah? That is not in the books in <laughs> any way. You, you have no idea what Larry's does or doesn't like sexually, if it's anything at all. Yeah, so there we go, HBO. HBO added that whole thing to that. And they seem to have tried to be like, oh, Larry's is into feet because his own foot is messed up. Yeah. Which, which... has been controversial with fans. Like, is this a good portrayal of, like, disabled people? Well, uh, is this a good... just? Cross out anything after portrayal and leave the question mark there. Um, and again, you and the whole internet is clowning on the feet thing. Well, whatever on that, but at the same time, it's like, why exactly add any sort of uh, thing like that? HBO gonna HBO. Yeah, I guess that's what it is. Just like the king and <laughs> the prince and his uh, out the window yeah. scene. Yeah. They gotta sex it up, I guess, because it's HBO, which, yeah, Sarah's making the face, proper face in response to that. And I'd say the real problem isn't that Larry's likes feet, but just the whole creepy arrangement where he's doing spying and apparently crimes for a woman who's... Also, obviously, really uncomfortable and disgusted with doing this. Like, everything about the situation is thoroughly creepy. Yeah. I agree. And is... And... Uh, what about when... He set fire to his own family's castle. Did he burn his family just so he could look at feet? There you go. He was he was that perverted. I don't know. Um, asking the real questions here, Sarah. Um. Next, you see various Targaryens and Alicent. Just kind of brooding around the castle, all emo. Yeah. Allison is picking her nails again. Eric Corgal goes to free Rainey's. And you see Jasper Wilde has been hung. So you're right, the king's uh, justice dealt with him. Eric and Rainey sneak out, and you see a man in a cloak walking past Missaria's brothel, which is burning. See, that was the apparent payment for the looking at feet. Yeah. Just more uh, arson for foot seeing. Yes, so. I'm assuming that Missaria got out. I don't think she's out of the show as a character yet. Rhaenys wants to go and get Melee's, her dragon that is in the dragon pit, even though Eric says that they can't. The crowd is headed for the coronation, and... Um... Aegon is on his way there, too, and moping and saying his father didn't want him to be king, his father didn't like him. And Alison is repeating the story that the king changed his mind. 
And then said, your grandfather, the hand, will try to impress on you. Rhaenyra is to be put to the sword, and you must reject this counsel. You are not to rule with cruelty and callousness. And for all her fault, she is your sister. And Aegon just says, do you love me? And Alicent's response to that is, you imbecile. Yeah. Uh, what did you take from that? I mean, besides that, um, Alicent is urging Aegon to. I'm sure that was rule without cruelty and fairly, even I'm though. I'm sure that she does love him. Rhaenys is seen disguised and moving through the crowd. The coronation is going on in the dragon pit where they say Viserys the Peaceful is dead and then Aegon is crowned and Rhaenys is sneaking through the crowd in the dragon pit and then goes below. Aegon is crowned with the Conqueror's crown and there's lots of edgy posing with Blackfire. And next... Melius bursts through the floor with Rainies on her back, causing mass destruction and probable death of small folk. And approaches the royal family, the, the Greens. And Melius roars in their faces. Very like the Shrek scene. You know, I got a dragon and I know how to use it. Well, <laughs> so... Well, there are a lot of memes about that already, too, yeah. going so, around. So, so, the dragon has burst out, then, right? The dragon has burst out, and Aegon is hiding oh, yeah. behind his mama. And, and, and uh, but she was also, uh, was Jesus and Rainies? This is... Yes, this is Rainies riding... Rainies was hiding in the crowd the whole time. No, she she, she, she got down into the dragon pit and rode Melee's out. No, but she was, you don't see her in the... You, you saw in the crowd. You don't yeah, she was in crowd. the crowd, and then Before, she got into yeah. the dragon pit, and then she went below yeah. into the dragon pit. And... Yeah, so the whole beast thing, I guess, was supposed to be literal, and that's... Again, that's what kind of confused me about their reactions. So, well, they didn't take Helena seriously. Who knows what she's saying? And yeah. Aegon is hiding behind his mom, not looking very kingly while this is happening. And then Rainey's and Melee's turn around and fly off. Well. And here's that other thing is that she could have ended everything there. Uh, the dragon roars and everything. Uh, she, but, you know, she flies off. She could have... She could have easily ended everything before it began as well by just saying your carries. Yeah, she that, could have. That would have been literally everybody. And she could have then said to the queen, again, they were trying to usurp you. They even had a ceremony going and everything. So. Why do you think she didn't? Probably because she knew that she would have been killed if she did that. She would have been, even if she was, would have been right. They probably killed on her very big dragon? No. 
I mean, like, they would have had a trial for her later, and she would have probably been executed as a show, you know, saying, of moving on. Because that's a common thing that happens throughout history uh, with people that do that sort of thing. They'll be like, they'll assassinate a tyrant or something, like, oh, but you, you illegitimately assassinated somebody, even if they were trying to usurp the throne. Now, she's very powerful as well, so maybe that wouldn't have happened to her. But that could have happened to her, and she could have just been like, it's not my place to end this war. That's There's also that's the taboo against kin slaying. Then yes. again, they're about to have a civil war between both sides of the same house, and, again, and plenty of kin slaying happening there. She would have stood trial, and there's every chance she would have lost and have been executed for it. For kin slaying and for, you know, just, you know, a power grab herself. That being said, you know. That might not have happened, especially because she had that dragon the whole time. She could have just been like, oh, I'm just going to fly away with my dragon. Uh, so, I don't know. There's a lot of uh, discussion on that. Yeah. This scene has been controversial with fans for sheer yeah, fans are not really... being in the book. And also, fans are upset about her. Like they're making, They're saying it makes it you know, stupid that she's not ending the war before it begins and makes it incredulous now. And people who both love and hate this um, dragon burst out scene are saying that it's a feminist scene and I don't think so. You could say something about the um, conversation while Rhaenys was in prison between her and Alicent about how she's doing all this for men but no, it's just a badass dragon scene. There's Nothing like pro or anti feminine about it, just but yeah, that's the fan controversy at the moment. Yeah. Not the only one, granted, but do you have any other uh comments about the episode oh. now that it's uh this episode? This episode's over. This episode's over. War is about war. War, war is about to be declared. Um, I have I at this point seen all ten episodes, but I'm not going to put spoilers for the next one into well, this. The next episode's going to be really crazy. So, I think that uh, I think it was a very interesting episode. I actually think that uh, the whole thing with Renee's was epic. But that being said, I see the problem fans have with it just based on the, uh, based on the whole issue of her having the advantage and letting everything go in the end anyway. So, I don't know. Um, I just thought it was a good, enjoyable episode overall. Minus the certain scene, uh, the disturbing, uh, I guess, foot scene, which, again... I don't know. That's like one of those things where it's one thing. Like, I don't care about any sort of preference or anything somebody has, but I the, the, the way they did that is they emphasized the he, creepiness factor as much as possible. He's committing arson to look at feet yeah. of somebody who's clearly not into having her feet looked yeah, at. Yeah, so it's... Well, I mean, we're assuming that's what's going on? I don't know. I mean... He is doing something for that. He's at least doing the information. Maybe he likes arson as much as he likes. <laughs> Maybe it's a double thing for him. Anyway, 
That see, that's the problem, and it's like, and again, HBO did not have to do this, but they chose to. So, but otherwise, I'd say it was a very solid episode. Um, please ignore the sound of the dog trying to get into the container of cat treats. Thank you for listening to Cast Into the Fire podcast and stay tuned for our Halloween episode about the Killer Shrews and we'll also be going through different Lord of the Rings adaptations and Hobbit and the final House of the Dragon episode too Thank you for listening to Cast Into the Fire podcast and good night Good night